What'd you say? New Greenwich. That's what it's called. Greenwich? This is Maui Wowie. Uh, so it's <laughs> <laughs> My favorite on. movie is that I can't decide on a favorite movie. Press next podcast. Heyo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host, Corey. So glad I don't have to do that again. <laughs> and we are the Press Next Podcast, back for another week. You feel me? We back. This one I feel like is I'm just kind of a sad episode for me. Yeah. It's going to be all right. Uh, if you're new here, we are a, a podcast talks about movies, documentaries, TV shows. So we're film entertainment, you know, but we are just people on the couch talking about it. So if you're... Looking to get like big time interviews here, not happening. <laughs> uh, but we can keep you abreast of all the news. And if you've always been here, welcome back. Welcome back. Shout out to you. You know what I'm saying? Fourth wall members. Uh, I'm sure that if you're new, you will like this, but it is what it is. If you don't like it, talk to your mama about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that phrase. People say that. Argue with your mama. I do too. Um, or talk to God about it. Yeah, talk to God about it. But that's dangerous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Take it up with God, but that's dangerous. Uh, but anyway, so we have a lot to talk about this week. I hope that we still keep it within a time frame of, I'm sure we probably will. We're not talking about any specific movies this week. We will be talking about the, um, the SAG strike and how it kind of affects everything. But before we get into any of that, of course, we're still going to do the same segments we always do. Like, what's coming out this week? It is a big week for cinema. I can't wait for next week's episode. That way we can talk about our weekend because we're doing something crazy. For sure. I mean, it's not so crazy because everyone's doing it, but Mm -hmm. it's my first time doing it. Right. Um, We are going to go see Barbie and Oppenheimer same day. Barbenheimer. A little double feature. I kind of wish... Yeah, this is. it's been the first time since I've done like a double feature. You know the last time I did something back to back to back to back? When it was a Twilight movie, I think New mm. it was New Moon, the third movie. Mm. One of the Twilights came out and they did a marathon. It was a midnight me, release. Now I can't remember. I think it was a, I can't remember which one it was, but it was a midnight release. You know, back when they used to, it used to actually be on Friday. Don't really come out on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Friday night midnight release and a Thursday night technically, and I had bought tickets to go see all the other. Uh, you can buy pass and you can go see all of the other Twilights before that one. That's a long day. It was a long day. It was cool, though. It was cool. I think it started at like maybe like 2 p.m., 3 p.m., mm-hmm. maybe a little bit later than that, 4 p.m., all the way up through midnight. And then you watch it at midnight. And when I tell y'all, this was the AMC at the mall. There's like 26 screens. Mm-hmm. It was the only movie that was showing at midnight. And because there's so many people showed up. They literally just said, we don't care what your ticket says. We know you're all here for um, Twilight. We're only showing Twilight. Just pick a theater. Dang. So when they opened up the little gates, I said gates, but it's like the rope. When yeah. they pulled the rope back, people just sprinted. Oh, my god! To these theaters. And I, Was this before you could pick which seat you wanted to sit in? Yeah. Okay. So you had to go get a ticket. Oh, my gosh. I just like, am I aging myself? But, like, back, I forgot that wasn't really a thing back in the day. You no. get a ticket and you show up. That's why you had to show up early to try to get a, the, right. the seat. That wasn't a thing for me at all growing up. Like, where I'm from, you just buy a ticket. Right. And I don't know if it's changed now because I haven't gone to the movies back home in a while. But you just bought a ticket and then went and sat wherever. It wasn't until I moved to the DFW area where you actually picked your seat. Right. Like, while buying your Interesting. ticket. Interesting. I don't remember when the tides turned. But back in the day, no, you didn't. You just bought a ticket, and then you show up early, yeah. and hopefully you get a good seat. That's why you had to stay in line. But, man, we had... So we didn't see it on the big, big screens, mm-hmm. because we figured everybody would try to go to those theaters. Yeah. And we wouldn't get a good seat, and we were just trying to fight people over. And so we went all the way to the back, to, like, one of the first, like, smaller theaters, mm-hmm. and we got the perfect seat. And nobody came in until, like, maybe three minutes later, because all the other theaters had started filling up. I wish I could rewatch the Twilight movies in theaters. Facts, because you it know was, what movie it, it was? It was such a time. It was the movie when old buddy got his head chopped, chopped off. Okay, that was the last one. So, dang. Ooh, it was crazy. Anyway, it's given that same energy. Barbenheimer, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Going to see Barbie, going to see Oppenheimer. <clears throat> I love when movies do this. This does not happen all the time. And you cannot fabricate this. You can't make it. Studios cannot make this. 
right? Studios release movies all the time. Every Friday there's a new movie that comes out. Mm -hmm. Why has it not got the hype like Barbie and Oppenheimer? I saw someone say that Barbie needs to be um, investigated (laughs) because there's no way this is an affront. They've never seen so many like partnerships, brand partnerships with another film ever before. I've seen it with a couple of films, specifically if we get into superhero films and stuff like that, but you're already talking about Barbie, which is already a huge brand. Yeah. I think, I think it's just the summer of pink. And I think that Barbie coming out, everybody wants an ex everybody. It's nostalgic. Mm -hmm. And I think that everybody wants that everyone wants this hot pink like flirty hot girl yeah yeah and then you have the polar opposite which is oppenheimer and atomic bombs yes right but it's christopher nolan and so you know it's going to be a fire film Mm -hmm. and i think that just created the because of releasing on the same day is kind of giving me kanye west 50 cent but now it becomes like this competition you almost get people who like I don't think anybody's going to see Barbie for the cinema. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you, so you have, it's for the aesthetic. It's for the aesthetic. And then you have a movie that is truly going to be like a cinematic movie. Yeah. Right. You just can't create this. It doesn't happen all the time. Even when you try, it doesn't happen. So I'm happy that we're going to go see it and we're going to do it like that because this is a moment that we'll be able to talk about in like 20, 30 years. And we're like, yo, do you remember when Barbie came out and we went to go see Oppenheimer on the same day? And it was like a huge thing. And people made merch and it was just, they were like battling each other for six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's probably the most anticipated release of this year. Right. Is Barbie and Oppenheimer. And I think like... I think at first people were like, oh, I just want to go see Barbie or, oh, I just want to go see Oppenheimer. But now that it's become this viral, like, Barbenheimer, Mm -hmm. like, it has become memes and it's become jokes and there's t-shirts. And I think that now now everybody wants to be part of that moment. So everybody's going to watch both. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think it's a competition. Like you said, like, of of course it's a competition because it's It's a business. It's like a faux competition. Right. But... You've seen the stars of Barbie posting with their Oppenheimer tickets. Mm-hmm. And uh, Killian Murphy was like, yes, I'm definitely going to see that. So I just, I don't know. It's They're such a along. fun time. Exactly. So it's just, it's, we will, especially as Americans, but we're going to find a way to party about anything. Of course. And they have set this up for the perfect opportunity. And Barbenheimer is the is the moment of yes. summer 2023. But I think we're doing it a good way. We're going to see Barbie pretty early. Well, sort of early. And then we're going to take a break, go probably eat or something, mm-hmm. and then come back to watch Oppenheimer. Because Oppenheimer is three hours yeah. long. And I think if you're not a cinephile like we are, you should probably flip that. Yeah. Right? Like if you're not a cinephile, I think you go see Oppenheimer early. And then you turn it into a girl's night and go see Barbie and then hit the bars afterwards. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like having yeah. a little light night afterwards. But that would be fun. We love cinema. So we're going to go see it the other way. Yeah. And I want to be, when I leave the theater, I want it to be dark outside. <laughs> so And I want to like sit on it. Right. Like, what did I just watch? Right. I want to be like, yo, hopefully Christopher Nolan got the uh, sound mixing right. Cause I heard some bad reviews about Tenet. But anyway. Oh, well, Barbie got 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Oppenheimer going up too. Is it? Yeah, but I think that the reason why it's going to be highly, both of them will be highly rated is because nobody's going in with expectations more than what they already are. But is the 91, true, is the 91% like from? Let's look. Rotten Tomatoes. But the thing about all of this, first off, is that nothing has been released, so the reviews are not going to be that many. Right. Rotten Tomatoes is sitting at 89. It's 10 out of 10 on IMDb. Look at the Google. I know. I Googled it the other day at work, and it did that. Look how it's pink. The whole page is pink. imagine if you Google Oppenheimer and the page blew up. (laughs) Try it. (laughs) (laughs) Try it. But also, if you Google anyone in the show, like if you Google... um, Ah... They're hating. It's currently 93% though on Rotten Tomatoes. Currently 93, 10 out of 10. Both of them 10 out of 10 IMDb. We know that this is going to be exactly what it is. 
And Robert Downey Jr. said this is the best film. The he's best ever. film he's ever done. And that's saying a lot. Because he's done a lot. And he's done a lot of good um, stuff. You know how big I am when it comes to Alfred Hitchcock and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan, I don't care what nobody say, he up there for me. He he up there with them for me as if we get into best directors or at least favorite directors, I'm Christopher Nolan's up there for me. Because people will talk about like Stanley Kubrick, but I really can't get into Stanley Kubrick's films. Really? They're too like avant-garde for me. Okay. But um, what's his name that did Pulp Fiction and Django and he's always in his films? Kill Bill. Tarantino? Quentin Tarantino. Not a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Do like a couple of his movies, but I'm not like a huge fan. I don't like his style like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Michael Bay, same way. Christopher Nolan? That man could tell a story. And he be writing them too. So he cold with his. But And the Coen brothers. I don't leave the Coen brothers out. Anyway. Those two are what's coming out this week. We will be going on Saturday to see both, so I'm very excited about that. But not what's on our screen coming up. What has been on your screen this week? Mm, this week, I this past weekend, I watched Prom Night Classic. Uh, mm. Is Idris <laughs> Elba in that movie? Yes. Okay. It's a classic. It's like one of those movies that I put on because I watched it in high school, and it's like a funny, con- not, not a funny, but... It's a horror, but it's like a it's like a trash horror, like like the faculty, like a comfortable horror, you yeah, know. Yeah, which sounds so weird, but me and my friends watched that, and then it's we, not scary. Oh my gosh, we watched Raise Your Voice, two thousand four, Hillary Duff. Mm. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it at that one. La 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 <laughs> la la. la. <laughs> So bad. So bad. Also, when I watched when I was watching it, I was like, this is terrible. Also, Hillary Duff, babe. You're hot and you can sing. But that acting. No, nah, she can act too. And she I like her. I like her in younger, and I like her in How I Met Your Father. Yeah, she so I like act. her now, and I liked her then. But watching back, I'm right. like, ooh. But I think she captured specifically during her time. She did capture how like young girls were. So like the cringiness you feel about her acting was the cringiness that you were. Does that make sense? Or, yeah, like, that's why I don't were. like it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> she reminds me of my 2009 Facebook post. <laughs> Nine, 2009. Yeah, youngin. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, but raise your voice, prom night, of course, Love Island. You're addicted. You were watching it off of y'all, she was uh she was watching it illegally earlier. Daily motion. I, I need to be with the British people. Mm-hmm. I need to be watching it alongside. All right. Okay, I you need to start see calling your chips crisp. I need to see who's snogging who. <laughs> who is in jeopardy? The snogging mean Jep- like Jep- Jep- that's a terrible sex. accent. Kissing. Oh. Lip sing. Lip sing. I need to see who's having a chat. We're having a chat right now. Who's got good chat? Chat GBT. Um so, anyways, Love Island. It is almost over though. It has to be. We're on like episode 45. Hey, you never know. You um, never know. And then I really think that's all I've been watching. Dang. Well, shout out to you. I watched Toy Story 4 the other day. Mm. First time yes. I've seen it. I know y'all like what? Toy Story is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I had never seen 4. I have a bad thing with not watching final things because it means like it's the end for me. So if I really love a show, I have like a like a tough time trying to watch the last season. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to just leave it until mm-hmm. like I, I'm ready to let it go. Uh, which is ironically the theme of Toy Story 4. Man, when he, uh, when he gave that... Uh, the sheriff badge over to Jesse on the inside. You didn't see it on the outside. Cause you know, I was still player with it mm-hmm. player, but on the inside, I broke down. <laughs> I broke down, but shout out to Woody for being a lost toy. I'm trash. Um, then I've been watching that. So Raven, I guess more as like a comfort show, but I've been crying at that mug. Cause it's really hilarious. Every single time. Oh, crying, laughing. I yeah. was like, why? Yeah. The reason why I even went back. So we're talking about the, uh, boys in motion. When I sent you the, uh, mm-hmm. 
What was the song? Gotta get you back. <laughs> I, gotta I gotta get see you it through. Oh. Gotta get you back. If it's, it's the, the last thing, thing I do. do. <laughs> right. So so then I was like, I need to go watch That's So Raven. And it's hilarious every time. Every time. I'll probably uh, swing by the Proud family after this. Of course, Mythbusters. And we've been watching a new show called Hack My Home. Oh my gosh, it is so good. It is really cool. I we you know we love a good home show, home renovation show. Yes. We suckers for that. HGTV. Yeah, shout out to shout out to that. But they got a show called I think it's on Netflix called Hack My Home. Basically, it's your standard like home renovation show, but there it's more engineering. So it's like small spaces. Yeah, very small spaces, or just not, even if it's not small, the spaces aren't. Yeah, they're not very functional. And they will basically craft new spaces or even old spaces to make them more functional for the families of the people who live in them. And it's really cool. The only thing I always think about is like when they move out of that house, what the hell are they going to do with that? Because that's so specific to their family. Like, yeah, I, if I would have walked in, you, did you see the last one with the ball pit and the, 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 the quadruplets? No. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it was a family. They had a daughter already and then they had quads. Mm-hmm. And so they tried to like make some space for the quads or whatever. They they changed the garage and as part of changing the garage, they made like a basically what looked like a Chuck E. Cheese inside. And <laughs> inside of the turf floor, you can pull out these two, uh, like these trundle beds, these mm-hmm. twin beds. So they're supposed to make the, the space like you can grow into the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can have a space to live when they get older. But I'm just thinking that if I was searching to buy a house and I walked in your house and I saw that room what looking do I like do a daycare, that? I'm not buying that house. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's just work that I'm going to have to do to, to turn it around. Right. It's just so specific. So I think about that all the time with these type of shows. But the show is still fire. So I like yeah. the show. Shout out to Hack My Home. They've done uh, some really cool stuff, they too. They really do. Like, stuff... It you would never think that they're gonna do the stuff that they do, like the the rooms always look ten times better than what you think they're gonna like because they'll explain it, but it's hard to like see what they're really talking about. Yeah. And then in the end, you're like, yo, they went stupid. But like you said, it's more engineering. So there was this one house that they wanted to entertain, but they didn't have the space for it. So what they did is they renovated the kitchen, and then they, they created an island. island. But the island pulls out into a table a that, table like, sits that, sits, that seats eight yeah so and then the ottomans actually pull apart into chairs and yeah. the sides of the ottomans are cushions to stools and so everything was just very compact but also very useful right and it was just like a genius idea of space yeah i don't know how they do it but shout out to them for being the engineers that they are and being able to yeah it's a group of four people one's an engineer one's a designer designer one's like a carpenter and then one's like a i can't remember i don't either yeah but they make a great team yeah there are four wildly different people yes which is also a very interesting dynamic of the show because you would think that like as a team they don't really fit Mm -hmm. but they do Mm -hmm. like they're wildly different human beings mm-hmm. and maybe they actually hate each other guts in real life <laughs> I but on the show they look they they are amazing so if you have if you want like a classic home renovation show and you want it to pass the time when you're just doing something shout out to hack my home it is on netflix i don't think i've been watching oh secret invasion <laughs> fire i haven't watched today's episodes but we'll watch that prior today or tomorrow um, but secret invasion. Are you, she looking at me with a blank stare on her what face? What is that? Like, what is that? Yo, let me let me just. I know you've been busy, babe. I know you have. You've been working your little tail off, which I don't really like because you know I love that juicy booty. But it's whatever. And you're not caught up on these Marvel shows, and it's really seeping into my spirit because mm-hmm. I know you're a Marvel head like I am too. You enjoy it. Mm-hmm. This is, without a doubt, in my head, the best Marvel show they put out. Really? Yes. It's so mature. And maybe it feels that way because of Samuel L. Jackson. Mm. (laughs) Um, But I think the topics are more mature. I think the acting is more mature. There's a scene in episode two that if you're a black man, it speaks to your heart. I'm like, it's wild. Wild. Like, 
anyway, great show. The last episode, not the one that just came out, but the one I watched last week, to me, was one of the best episodes of any Marvel TV show. Mm. And the show just been fire every single week. Every okay. week they dropped a new fire. So, all right. Shout out to Secret Invasion. But <sighs> we're here today to inform you about what the hell is going on in the industry in Hollywood. Because I'm just gonna keep New it York. a buck with y'all. It's not good. You know what I learned? What'd you learn? That Fran is the president of SAG-AFTRA, right? SAG. Yeah. The Fran from The Nanny? Yes. Is she really? Yes. Well, she's I should been love go- her, girl. I ain't gonna lie. She's been going head to head with Bob Iger, apparently. Well, Bob, get on my nerves, okay? So SAG is on strike. And if nobody knows who what SAG-AFTRA is, it stands for the Screen Actors Guild an American a Federation of Television and Radio Artists. So basically, if you are, it's a union, right? It's a labor union, but for radio artists and TV stars, right? So if you're going to be on a TV show, you're probably going to be a, a member of SAG. What? Fran Drescher, elected president in 2021. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. We're looking it up right now. Isn't that wild? Right now, as of right now, or 2016, they have 116,741 active members. So it's, it's a union. Yes, it is a union. Is, are you familiar with what a union is? I mean, I know. Oh, I see. <laughs> you were just about to get into that. I was about to get into it, but what would you say a union is? Um... They are like this group that protects employees' best interests or employees' interests. They push for like fair pay and and different um I can't think of it right now. I feel you, but you're yes. doing you're yes. doing great. They 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 push for like fair representation. Yes, representation, that, thank you. Uh that nature. Um, this website says that what is a labor union? Huh? A labor union is a group of two or more employees who can join together to advance common interests such as wages, benefits, schedules, and other employment terms and conditions. Okay, acting collectively, um, workers represented by unions have a powerful voice. This is why this is important, y'all. This is why we're gonna break it down. I'm just get it out the way. These businesses, these corporations, don't give a fuck about you. They care about their bottom line and their own interests. That's not to say they won't treat you well. You, don't get them conflated with what I'm trying to mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. If it came down to making a buck or treating you well, they're going to make a buck. We live in America. We live in a capitalist system. What's more important to a business? Not just throw out the hard feelings and the morality of it, right? right. The business is there to make money. And Throw out like your boss and stuff. Yes, Just throw think out about your boss, like the think business about as the a whole. actual yeah. organization. Okay, the, the machine, whatever it may be. Your boss is probably great. Your team is great. Your organization may be great. You may sit and listen to me right now and say, I love my organization. I do. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's I not do. what I'm saying. At the end of the day, for your organization, if it came down to a dollar or you, they're going to pick nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, they're going to pick a dollar because their mission is to do so. Their mission is to make more money, more effectively and efficiently every single quarter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you can hopefully make more money than your, it creates competition. You end up buying out another company, you know what I'm saying? So then you can take their stuff. That's the society that we live in. So if we did not have labor unions, people to say collectively as a group, hey, yo, you better chill. Because I know you're going to make your money. We know you're going to make your money, but you're making it off our backs. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do that, then we we need this. So we don't mind doing the work for you as long as we get this. That is what the labor unions are for. So there's a there's an actor's guild. There's a, a writer's guild. They are both on strike right now, which means they are not working. The writers aren't working. The actors aren't working. What does that mean for you all? And what does that mean for us? We not going to get no projects. Right. The only projects that we're going to get are from independent filmmakers 
who are, are not, not a part of yes, this. Yes, but here is the issue with that. They don't have anybody picking them up? No, that's number one. You can maybe get some, you know, this is your opportunity now maybe to do some of your passion projects, but they got to be independent. And what I mean by independent is it's a war right now between a labor union and a company. If Warner Brother comes to this independent filmmaker and says, hey, I actually like your film idea. We don't really have a lot of films going right now. Uh, let us pick your film up. You have effectively just blackballed yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you just went against SAG. The strike. Right. You In labor union strikes, it's, it, you can't play the fence. Right. It's pick a side. All right. It's pick a side. And if you want to be on the corporation side, that's fine. That comes with consequences. If you want to be on the uh, the people side, that's fine. That's going to come with consequences too. What are the consequences of being on the side of SAG? Um, if you are a member and you're striking, you don't have no money. You have no cash flow coming in. What are you supposed to do to make your ends meet? This can be a very tough time for people, right? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there are pros and cons to being on whatever side, but you don't want to be on the wrong side of history when it comes to stuff like this. These strikes like this don't happen Often. We're mm-hmm. talking 60, 70 years before like stuff like this happens again. I think the last one was 60 years ago. Really? Yeah. I was going to ask, when was the last one? I think the last one was like 60 years ago. And what so, was it about? Pay? Same thing. Same. Well, I say same thing. is uh, Wages and benefits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Let's break down, though. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Like, what is, um, what is it about? Why are they on strike? So really, it breaks down into three categories for me to make them easier for you to understand. One is money. Money will always be at the forefront of labor union strikes. Right. We're not getting paid enough. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're not because people are going live on TikTok acting like AI is. Right. Here's the thing. People will do anything for a dollar because we are not getting paid enough. No, we're not getting paid enough. (laughs) Here's the issue that people have, though, especially it's it's the stigma that we see for Hollywood actors. Right. If, If I see you in a show, what do I immediately think? You're getting work. You're getting which work, which means you're, you're getting rich, paid. Yeah, right. You these they're not getting paid like that. It's the same way we think about athletes, right? We think that if you're on a football team, you're automatically a millionaire, right? But not everybody's getting paid the same. No. On a football team, there are let's say there's 53 players on an active roster. There may only be eight millionaires. There may be 12 millionaires. That's not a lot. People are getting paid different amounts of money. I'm talking about especially after taxes. Mm -hmm. Because not only are you getting 50% of your money taken away the taxes, you have to pay an agent, you have to pay other people. Same goes for these Hollywood actors and these SAG actors. They're getting, if you get paid $10,000, $5,000 of that is gone to taxes, and then you have to pay 20, 25% to your agent, this to your manager, and then you get to take home the rest of that. So you're really only getting a portion of all of that money, which is why these uh, deals are so big when they come through. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. got paid $200 million for this movie. Yeah, because $100 million is gone off the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And then he's got to pay 20% of that to his agent, another 15% to his managers. And then if he has a production company and everything else, that money is going elsewhere. That's mm-hmm. why they're, that's why they ask for so much money. And I know you think $200 million is a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. It is. It is a lot of money. It's nothing. It pales in comparison to what the businesses make off of that one project. Oh, of course. It's a drop in the bucket. Because we see that, you know, in one weekend, it can do $250 they, million. Yes, dollars. when the budget was 175 You made almost $100 million more dollars than what it cost you to make the movie. So off top, you made $100 million in profit. Yeah. And you're going to make more. You made it off the opening weekend. You get opening weekend, you get the rest of the movie run. You are, if you have any merch, you're getting merch off of that. Once you sell it, we'll get to the second part right here. Once you sell it to the streaming services, you're getting money off that. So that's the second part of this strike is streaming killed everything. The rules and stuff that were set in place for the actors to getting paid and even their access to healthcare, mm-hmm. right? So just like any other job, well, I don't say just like any other job. Specifically, if you're a SAG member, you have to make a certain amount of money to get health care. Mm. You have to make like $26,000 a year. Do you know the average salary of a uh, SAG member? What? $40,000. No way. $40,000 is the average. But is that because you have 
like say you have someone who hasn't done a movie in 10 years as a part of SAG? Well, were you saying what like brings it down? Right. Yeah, but then think about who brings it up. You got the top people who are making hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So that skews that entire number. Because anybody that is a part of anything can be a part of SAG. What do you mean? If you are a part, like, what are the, do you know what the terms to be a part of SAG are? Because I'm pretty sure if you are a part of any kind of Hollywood production, you can be in SAG. You pay yeah, into if it. A, if you're an actor or if you're like a radio pilot, uh, uh, personality. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you like, can be a SAG member for you, sure. You can have the most minor role, but you can be a SAG member. Right, right, right. So, like, it can be someone, I mean... Somebody can be bringing that down is what you're saying. Yeah, there could be several people who are like, I want to be a part of SAG because I had this cameo in this show, but I want to do that as a way of status. For sure. But the thing is, you're not going to get into, you don't get into the business if you're not a member. Does that make sense? Mm. You're not going to, you think you're going to bust into Hollywood or do any of that type of stuff content creation wise without being in SAG? I hope one day that we are. You, it's not going to happen. Like They're, they're going to make you get in the SAG. If not, you're not going to get the same opportunities other people would get. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. gotcha. There's a, there's, there is... Um, so while it's not necessarily mandatory, the union has connection to the business. Mm-hmm. The union has protections from and for the business, right? Mm-hmm. Why would I go get this freelancer? I'm going to go get somebody who's in a part of SAG. Yeah. So then by proxy, you need to be a part of SAG. Gotcha. So I see how you're saying like that can bring some down, but also on the other end, it's a lot of people who are bringing it up. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. So the, that the, makes sense. unless we do like a median, you know, the best thing to use, I guess right now is an average and that's still low. $40,000. I follow a lot of people on Instagram who are SAG members who are great. This one guy, Michael Jammin, he's a uh, pretty much an executive producer. He's a writer. He's been a writer for 27 years. This year he didn't make enough money which is the threshold is $26,000. He didn't make enough money to get healthcare, not to be in SAG. You have to make $26,000 in earnings to get healthcare. Now, apparently is that the same with, um, well, I guess you can make, you just have to be full time. Like in, in, I guess like civilian world, right? right? Like you have to be full time and not part time. Right. Right. So there's a distinction between both. The problem here with them is this. What I used to be full time. So let's say a full time gig was seven months. Mm-hmm. You the the work that would take for me to do this TV show is seven months. Mm-hmm. But now with streaming, it's only three months. So they only bill it for three months because they sold it for three months. Gotcha. Right. Mm-hmm. That effectively cuts my salary in half of what you would pay me, and the residuals are trash. The numbers I'm not getting paid. So believe it or not. The people aren't getting paid for how many times somebody watches something on Netflix. Does that make sense? If I, the company, let's say I am HBO mm-hmm. and you wrote on The Last of Us, right? Mm-hmm. Good show. I took that show and I sold it to Peacock, right? I give you a percentage of that. Oh, hey, I sold this to Peacock and here's your pennies on a dollar. I'm getting a lot, but I'm selling the rights to Peacock because mm-hmm. you don't own this film. It's really my film. But you did all the work for it. But anyway, I'm going to sell this to Peacock. Let's say some person in Wisconsin really loves the show. They watch the show 20 times in a row. You don't get paid more because he watched it 20 times in a row. Mm -hmm. Nothing else works like that. Yeah, music doesn't work like that. No, nothing else works like that. You don't go buy a product one time. And then uh, if you want to buy it again or watch it again, you have to purchase it again, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get paid more for that. So streaming's messed up all the residuals. Back in the day on TV, it would have to be syndicated. Somebody would play it and you get paid per play. Every time it's spun on TV, you got paid for that. But they're not doing that with Netflix. So the only person who's winning is the company. The company. So trash. Interesting, okay. So that cuts your salary in half. I think it's like 60% of people who are in SAG. I think that was a number. Please correct me if that's wrong, but I, I looked it up. I think it's around like 60% who did not have health insurance last year. 
So they didn't meet the threshold. That's what that's what I'm saying. It's just crazy. Or they had like private. Right. Well, I think there's a different threshold, but that's just me. That that seems big enough for me to strike, but maybe they had their own, but uh is what it is. And then the third thing is, of course, the emergence of AI. So we got money and residuals, healthcare, and then AI. Well, you what do you why would you be striking over AI? You wanna take a stab? Um, because they can They took our job. Yeah, they can write. <laughs> they can not only can they write, Netflix just dropped Jonah's awful on Black Mirror. Yeah. The whole premise of that episode is that Selma Hayek and other people sold their their likeness to a company. The company used AI to create a show without them even in it. Right. With just their image. They've already done it with other people. They've put uh, Chadwick Boseman and other people in sh- movies uh, po- posthumously. They've been dead. They're, they've changed people's voice. James Earl Jones just sold his his the likeness to his voice, the rights to his voice, so that he can pretty much be uh, Darth Vader for forever. Mm. That's interesting. I know it is scary to think about, though, because if you are on TikTok and you see, like, the AI Patrick Starr. Right. Or the AI SpongeBob singing a song. <laughs> and it sounds, like, oddly similar. Right. but And those aren't the good ones. Those are trash AI. We're talking about the stuff you've seen in movies before. You some some of the stuff you don't even know they already AI'd it, right? And and you had no idea that they did. So of course this is the robots are taking our jobs. You can't do what we do, and we didn't sign up for this. So those are the three things that they're striking for. Um, and I hope it, it's just these CEOs, man. They they bold. They are. They are bold and they up in their face. Back in the day, they used to do stuff behind the curtains. You know what I'm saying? But people coming out saying, y'all asking for too much. All right, we're going to strike until y'all can't pay y'all house bills. Somebody said that. Really? Yes. The trees at Universal, did you see how they trimmed the trees? That was disgusting. They're going to try to say that they didn't try to do that. Yes, y'all did. So basically, the street that, because this is still very old school, they go and they pick it. Yeah. Like they get their pickets, they go outside, right. they walk, they protest, they're trying to block cars from coming in. Yeah. They're in LA and they're in New York. Yes. And one of the streets has these big trees in front of Universal that cover, you know, they offer shade. Mm-hmm. They're just trees. Apparently, allegedly, Universal stripped them trees bare to where there would be no shade in Florida in the hot summer. There are there are no um there are no Florida. There's there's like a they they protesting in Florida too. Oh. Yeah. There's no leaves on the trees. Zero. Just straight. They're just uh, bald wood. trees. They're just bald trees. <laughs> no nothing. Getting hot, boy. They crazy. So it's a wild time, but there's a lot of things that they can't do. And I wanna I wanna um go through yes tell me what all they can't do because if y'all know i listen to the toast and um are they sag members no but um claudia's husband turdy lou Mm -hmm. her husband has a podcast called good guys with josh peck he can't do it and josh peck is obviously part of sag and so i don't know what they i haven't like checked in on it this week but i did know that they said Okay, because this all happened last week. Like, SAG-AFTRA started their stuff last week, right? Okay. They joined the writers last week. So I know that they said something like, we don't know what that's going to look like yet. And Mm -hmm. I haven't checked in on it. So I don't know if he's, like, doing the podcast, if Ben's doing it alone. I don't know. But please explain, because I've been wanting to know. Yes. So I am literally reading the official bulletin, the strike notice and order to all members of SAG-AFTRA. Okay, so... If you say that I'm wrong, you're lying. Okay, this is straight from SAG. And this all went into effect on July 14th. So starting July 14th. So it says, except as set forth in the notice to members regarding non-struck work, all coverage services and performing work under the TV theatrical contracts must be withheld, including but not limited to Principal on camera work. So that's your acting, your singing, your dancing, performing stunts, 
piloting on-camera aircraft, puppeteering, performance capture or motion capture work, anything that goes principal on camera, you cannot do. Principal off camera, such as uh, ADR or looping, what does that mean? You're talking about, you know when people do like voiceover work? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. TV trailers, theatrical trailers, voice acting, singing, narration, including audio descriptive services, except as the services may be covered by another collective bargaining agreement, right? Stunt coordinating and, and uh, related services. Background work, stand-in work. So you can't even go be a stand-in or do uh, stuff in the background. Photo or body doubles. You can't do fittings or, war or wardrobe tests or makeup tests. Rehearsals or camera tests. Scannings, interviews, and auditions. This includes self-taping. Self Interesting. Okay. Promotion of, uh, promotion of or publicity services for work that is under the TV theatrical contract, such as. So here's all your things. Tours, personal appearances, interviews, conventions, fan expos, festivals, uh, for your consideration events, panels, premieres slash screenings. That's why everybody walked off the premiere of uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Award shows, junkets, podcast appearances, social media, and studio showcases. Wait, mm, social media. What is What do they mean by that? It's the promotion of work. Okay. So can you be on social media? Can you do podcasting? Can you do all this other stuff? Yes. As long as it is not promoting the work that is under the TV contracts. Okay. So theoretically, Josh, Josh Peck, Peck could still be on there. Yes. But he if could he's not, not be promoting, obviously. Really about, yes. Okay. Uh, so I think he should be fine. Right. He can't. But until you really get everything, you want to be sure, right? Negotiating or entering, um, you know, agreements for perform covered services in the future. So right now, you don't sign no contracts going forward. Any new agreement related to merchandising connected to a cover project. The creation and use of digital replicas, including through the reuse of prior work. Performing on a trailer for a struck production or other ancillary contact, uh, content connected to a struck promotion. Uh, there's so much more, but basically that's the huge part. But here's another part that I want you to read. This is, shout out to Fran. This is the part that where we come, people like us come into play. It says notice to non-members. Any non-member seeking future membership in SAG-AFTRA who performs covered services for a struck company during the strike will not be admitted into membership. Mm. So, if you have already been under, there's like a certain section on SAG, which is pretty cool. They have a uh, they have a section for like content creators and people like that. Like, what does it mean for you? And here's how you can do stuff. If you already have obligations or things that you had already purchased or or whatever, serve those out. We the the reason why we are continuing to talk about um, Barbie and Oppenheimer is that this was already planned. This is something that's already thrown through. We will continue to do so. Right? Mm -hmm. It is that once that is done, I don't necessarily know what that means for us. I think there's ways that we can pivot for things that aren't necessarily new. I think there's ways for us to go crazy, but I don't want to be a scab. You know what a scab is, right? No. A scab is anybody who essentially crosses the picket line. Mm. So I'm start pick up work for other people. HBO comes to me and says, Hey, as a creator, we would love you to do this. Okay, cool. I'll do that. That's don't a scab. That. That's a scab. You a scab. <laughs> You a scab. Yeah, you a scab. You don't want to do that. So just got to make sure that you on your P's and Q's if you are a content creator. And if you don't know, try to ask somebody. You, there's like an email for um, that you can you can send emails to. Um, there's also an email for uh, for snitching. <laughs> mm. You think I'm playing? Oh, where is it at, bro? There's an email that says, like, if you think somebody is uh, being a scab, essentially send your evidence to this email. Listen, this is big, man. If you're a content creator right now, you're just thinking about, I'm posting all this stuff. I want to do this, that, and the third. I want to be famous. You're not going to make that route, especially if it goes, in, if it goes into acting, without SAG. And if you're going to need that in the future. So yeah. if you're really, truly in the mud with this, and this is something that you want to do, you want your podcast to take off. If your podcast is about um, you know, acting and, and, uh, and film entertainment, you are doing these reviews. You Be conscious about what you put out what you are promoting 
Okay. Now I do have questions about like old work. You know? What do you mean? Like my suggestion for most people, especially if you're doing stuff like we do, right? We talk about movies and TV shows and documentary. I think there's a couple of ways for you to still get about this while supporting SAG and not like violating their rules. One would be, this is the perfect time for y'all to really dive into these independent filmmakers. They're not SAG members and they're not working for struck companies. This is your time to start supporting them. It's going to be harder to find because obviously they're not being pushed by anything or not any platform. So you're going to have to go to the YouTubes. You're going to have to go to the, I don't know if Tubi is probably a struck company or nothing like that, but there's going to be plenty of places where you're going to have to go look to find their own films. Sometimes it's their websites. Um, if I have, if I find any, uh, like independent film websites, go look at those. The thing you will find is this right here. At one point, everybody was an independent filmmaker and the people who you love so much, the Christopher Nolan's of the world, you know what I'm saying? The Shonda Rhimes of the world. They were all this small independent filmmaker at one point. Mm -hmm. Their, their skill probably got a little bit better, but they were raw at the beginning. They were cold. They were really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Another Shonda Rhimes is sitting in the cut. Yeah. You're just not watching her stuff. And you and it's already great. Now, the production is not maybe not that great because they don't have the money. But if everything's still there. The feeling's still there. The power is still there. Go find new entertainment. Also, maybe watch... I, I, I'm going to call them new movies, but like they're movies that are older movies that you never saw before. Right. You know what I'm saying? Do like stuff like that. Reinvent the way that you get to watch this film entertainment stuff. Maybe just lean a little bit more into the TikToks of the world and stuff like that. I think reality TV is probably about to boom a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because maybe not they're not like a part of SAG and you don't need writers for Oh, well, you do need writers for that. But like sometimes it's just like, hey, throw them in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you might see a little bit more than that. But um, yeah, venture out and watch older movies. Keep in mind the era context, though, because some people go ahead. So do you think Big Brother will happen this summer? I don't know. I'm not sure what will happen, but I already know that like Last of Us Part Two has been pushed back like another year. Mm -hmm. Stranger Things has been pushed back like another two years. Euphoria. Euphoria. Like all of these big shows that were like, bro, they're going to be in their 30s before y'all start like. It comes out again. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be a little Ako Taco. Um, And the thing is, you know what's funny? That will actually kill some of these shows. Yeah. There are going to be some shows that are like, yo, we can't, they're going to be so old. The moment has died. We don't want to put the money behind it. It's just kind of over. You know what? Low key, I don't see them bringing Euphoria back. I don't think they should bring Stranger Things back either, to be honest with you. Like, I just, it's going to be so hard to see. They should have already filmed it. They really should have. Everybody should have took the Marvel approach, but maybe don't have that money. But it should have already been filmed, already done. But maybe, I don't know their process, but it is what it is. But all I hope is that the writers get what they need, the actors get what they need. And for Bob Iger and everybody else, stop being ridiculous, okay? Y'all make money. A lot of it. A lot of it. Especially Bob Iger. And it's not going to stop. You own everything. It's not going to stop. People love Disney. They're going to continue to love Disney. They're going to continue to watch what Disney puts out. Take the take the hit. It's not even that big of a hit. Take the hit. And give us that real stuff. So I think it's just going to be tough for like a a time. It's really unfortunate too because I feel like with this weekend with Barbenheimer, I feel like a lot of people are going to be going to the movies for the first time mm-hmm. in years, maybe since COVID. And I just I've heard a couple of people say like, "Oh, cinema is back. Like the theaters are back." Yeah, right. And it's like, "Yeah, but now we're about to see a very very dry spell." Mm-hmm. You're about to drop off very fast. And you're going to be like, "Dang, when does something new come out?" Or like, e- even if it doesn't happen fast, we're going to see long-term residual effects of this where a year from now, we're going to be like, there's literally nothing that has come to theaters that is good. And it's because nobody was working. Mm. Mm. 
Because how long have the writers been on strike? For like two months now, right? Yeah. And then the, gonna be a the time. actors just started. There's going to be a time. So I just hope that we come out of this on the, on the right side. I'm assuming SNL hasn't been on. I don't think I've seen SNL on in a minute because Charlemagne was doing uh, his show and uh, the is, Honest to God Truth or, like, or is whatever. Is he not a part of SAG? No, he is a part of SAG. Oh. But remember, when the writers went on strike, his show was done. Mm. And also, uh, he said, oh, what's the old buddy from uh, South America? Noah, is that his name? Oh, yeah. Trevor Noah? Trevor Noah was is the hour slot before his, and he was talking about they shooting the same studio. South America? Uh, South Africa. South Africa. Did I say South America? Yes. I'm so sorry. South Africa. <laughs> I was like, uh... Sorry. I've been South Africa. Um, yeah, he hasn't been, Charlemagne hasn't been doing that show since the writers went on strike. Okay. So, and he's a member of SAG. Uh, or, I don't know if he's a member of SAG. I know he's a member of the WGA, the Writers Guild of America. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so he hasn't been doing that. So, I would assume the shows like SNL and stuff like that haven't been going on, but I haven't really been paying attention to that aspect of it. Yeah. I, I was never a huge SNL like watcher anyway. Yeah. I watched some of the episodes I thought would be kind of interesting and the rest of them um, I didn't. So I, just take the time, y'all. And this sounds so wild, but I think you will grow an appreciation if you're able to do this. Go on them tubies. <laughs> okay. I don't know about no, that. Listen, don't watch the movies I'm watching. So the movies I'm watching are literally like people with their cell phones and stuff like that. I'm not talking about those. Okay, there are plenty of smaller, like low budget films that are of the quality that you're used to. Okay. Right? But though we know that the budget isn't that high. Mm -hmm. So they're not, it's not going to be as extravagant. Those films is what I'm talking about. Go watch those films. Uh, you will be, and then you'll have an appreciation also for what these big budget films are able to actually do. Yeah. That's fair. So do that. Especially if it's independent, you can promote it too. You know what I'm saying? So. If it's independent, you can do, um, you know, what you want with it. So shout out to everybody in SAG. Shout out to the WGA. I hope indeed that y'all get what y'all need. And press next podcast. We always going to be here for you. So yeah, strange times in Hollywood. For sure, for sure. But we're going to get up out of here. Catch y'all next week. Of course, after Barbie and uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be back <laughs> to talk about our experience. For sure. But other than that. We love y'all, man. Thank y'all for staying around. And always, mm -hmm. press next. Bye. Bye.